0: Luke 1 and 39 reads, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah. And she entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 42, then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Verse 43, but why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Verse 44, for indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. In verse 45, blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. The New Living Translation, verse 45, says, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. I'd like to preach you today from this title, blessed, because you believe. Amen. You may be seated. It's hard to believe that Christmas Eve has arrived. And I will say once again, it's wonderful to be together with our church family. Over the years, I've always enjoyed these special and unique holiday services. It just hits a little bit different. Amen. Amen. I also enjoy the holidays and the holiday traditions and hearing what other families may do at their home. So tonight on Christmas Eve, just by a quick show of hands, uh, who will have some sort of Christmas Eve game night? You're that gaming family. You're going to be playing games tonight. Anybody across here? That's a family game night, okay? Who will be uh, the baking family? Your baking or gingerbread house making? That's Something that you enjoy doing. A few hands. That's all right. You can admit these things. Is anybody, uh, perhaps tonight on Christmas Eve, you like to read the classic, the night before Christmas? Is that a holiday tradition? A few of you, we read that. Of course, I think it's important to read a portion of scripture with the original Christmas story. Does anybody do that on Christmas Eve? How about Christmas morning? Anybody Christmas morning? That Okay. We have a few of those things. I'm also curious, though. Uh, seems like this happens over the years. Will anyone open a Christmas stocking or just one gift tonight on Christmas Eve to help calm the kids down? Does anybody do that in their house, yeah? Okay, that's a tactic, yeah, I like it. Now, how many of you parents, unfortunately, you also have the tradition of staying up way too late, you're wrapping presents, assembling toys that require an engineering degree, amen, Anybody? Good luck uh, keeping the Christmas spirit and the Holy Spirit. That's going to be me later tonight. Now, there's not many suits here today, uh, but there are many households that are anticipating a man wearing a red suit stopping by. Is that any perhaps here today? Scared to admit it in church. I see. Good change my sermon about honesty here in just a few minutes. You know, we got milk and cookies and all that. Okay. I won't get too deep talking today about Jolly St. Nick. He always gets too much airtime this time of year. And I'm sure there's mixed opinions on this topic. But back in 1984, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers released a Christmas album. And at ages 38 and 46 years old, They featured a song titled, I Believe in Santa Claus, at 38 and 46. But for one reason or another, research shows that many kids, they they quit believing around ages eight to 10 years old. And apparently after that, you can no longer hear the silver, silver bells ringing. I've always loved every part of the Christmas season and I can say that for me and my brothers there was a noticeable shift in Christmas cheer from when we were children to teenagers and then as young adults but now there's eight grandchildren several so here on the front row and Christmas it's as crazy and chaotic and just as wonderful as ever. How many just really enjoy Christmas with kids around? It just makes everything a little bit better. Now, referring back to our Christmas story and the promises of God, my question to you today is this. Do you still believe? Now, no doubt many of you If not, all of you here today believe in Jesus Christ, amen? Amen. And if I asked, you would tell me that he can do anything, right? If I asked, you would tell me that we can do all things through him, through Christ who strengthens us, amen? Amen. But while you may regularly and rightfully profess these truths, there will be moments of disbelief in your life. Maybe there was a difficult season that you had to walk through. You still find yourself in. Maybe there was a tragic or an unfathomable life event that you experienced that's caused your faith to falter today. Maybe there's a deep spiritual hurt or disappointment that was caused by a family member, or a leader in your life, or maybe you prayed a prayer, a big, desperate prayer to God that he didn't answer. Maybe you've been pursuing a promise from the Lord, but you just can't seem to possess it, and maybe you've been given a promise that you can't even begin to comprehend how it could come to pass in your life. And no matter where you find yourself today, I feel directed of the Lord at this Christmas Eve service to preach that your faith should fail not. Amen. And that the word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost would help any belief that may be here today. In the first chapter of the book of Luke, you'll begin reading about Mary, the eventual mother of Jesus. She lived in Nazareth, a little village in Galilee, and from what we know and read, she was a godly young lady living a simple and a normal life for this time. She grew up faithful to her faith and eventually met a good, hardworking man, a carpenter named Joseph. And I assume they both fell in love. They were engaged to be married, and their story sounds Like a classic, an instant classic, until one day everything changed. Luke 1, 28, we read that God sent an angel named Gabriel to Mary. And Gabriel appeared before Mary and announces this, verse 28, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you and blessed are you among women. Now, as you read Gabriel's message, you notice the grammar, the exclamation point used in the Bible that really illustrates Gabriel's enthusiasm and his intensity in which he delivers that message that day. Now, some of you may be much more spiritual than the rest of us, and you would have received Gabriel's message very cool, calm, and collected. But Mary did not. Sounds like she was a bit jumpy, like my dear wife, Alanda. I can sometimes just walk in a room and she turns around and sees me. Nah, I don't even have to scare her anything. It's great. Anybody else have a family member that's always on edge, just way too much fun to, you know, we all do it. Come on, we all do it. But Mary, she's just minding her own business. And this angelic being appears out of nowhere and yells, rejoice! Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, I know Gabriel's just doing his job, but God assigned, but you know, at least he could work on his approach, right? But what's important to notice about Gabriel's greeting is that he calls Mary the highly favored One. And this is special because it shows some reverence given to Mary, which commentators say it is the only time an angel showed that type of reverence or respect to a human being in the Bible. Think about that. Of all the people that angels appear to in the Bible, Jacob, Joshua, Gideon, Elijah, Abraham, the father of the faith, all in the Old Testament, the apostles, John, Peter, Paul. You'll quickly realize how special this conversation is and what Gabriel said about Mary. Now, of course, this doesn't make her feel any less terrified. In fact, this is the only place in scripture that there's a specific word, Greek word used to describe her level of fear. It's not used anywhere else in the Bible. It's stronger than the word that was used to describe Zachariah and Herod right around this period of this story. But it's pretty ironic. You find Mary, the quintessential model of faith and belief, and she's more bewildered than persons of lesser faith or of no faith at all. But I want you to notice that it does not disqualify Mary from receiving her promise. So as he had to do before, Gabriel, he calms down Mary with this standard line, do not be afraid, Mary in Luke 1.30. After a moment of settling down, Mary's heart rate kind of returning to normal, he goes on to share this unbelievable message with Mary. And he starts off that for you found favor with God, you know, so far so good. It's not a bear of bad news. This is a good start. I'm sure she was relieved at first, but then Gabriel says in Luke 1:31, and behold, your will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And there it is the bombshell for Mary. Gabriel goes on in verse 32. He will be great. He's going to be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And verse 33, and he will reign over his house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. That's a lot to process for any person. You know, from a guy's perspective, my mind goes straight to hearing that my child was about to be the son of God. Like, Man, that's pretty awesome. I'm hearing that he's going to have a throne. I'm hearing that my son is going to rule over Israel. His kingdom isn't ever going to end. Like I'm pretty pumped up as a dad at that point. That's great news. Maybe even connects the dots back to that prophecy in Isaiah nine and six. But the Bible tells us that Mary's mind went a completely different direction. She was old enough to understand God's design process of reproduction. And there were a few steps in that process that had not taken place yet. She was a woman with a plan. She met Joseph. She fell in love. They're engaged. There's going to be, of course, engagement photos and a social media announcement post because are you really engaged if you don't do that? Right. But then she's going to have her dream wedding. And I guarantee you, she already had that pictured in her head. This is Pastor John's new favorite pastime at weddings. He'll come up to the young girls or the flower girl. And he wants to ask them, hey, when it comes to your wedding, do you know what colors that you're going to have? And almost immediately, they all know from a very young age. And as, as a dad of two daughters and many here, that's terrifying. But they're already thinking about that. But Mary had done the things the right way. And this news seemed to contradict all of that. And her mind had to be working in overtime until she responds. Uh, Gabriel, Luke 1, how can this be? The New Living Translation, how can this happen? In church, for many people, This is where miracle moments are often missed. When a promise of God that is so great, it is so big, it is so wonderful, and it's introduced to us, it can almost be too hard to comprehend, to even grasp in our life. Because we immediately, we want to try to figure out how can this be? And more times than often, we want to know when will this be? Do I have any witnesses here today? God, how is this going to happen? I don't understand the, the beginning from the ending. I don't understand these things. We want to know specifics. We want to know the details of it coming to pass. Kind of like ordering last minute Christmas gifts online. You picked out the item, you paid for it. And you absolutely want to know how and when it's going to be arriving, hopefully, before Christmas. Anybody here still waiting on something to arrive? You admit? Nobody? A few of you? Can we just gather around them saints for a few minutes? A little extra prayer here today. Sweating bullets over here today. But nowadays, we have online package tracking, right? Which is getting a little out of hand. You can see the warehouse where you're Package came from. You can almost find out the name of the guy who picks it up and the size of his shoe and where he's taking it and the temperature and the make and the model of the vehicle and then GPS tracking. You can watch it from step to step and as it arrives closer to your house, right? We like to know these things. It's crazy, but I have a feeling that this and very other cultural conveniences can shape the thoughts. And the expectations of a generation, especially when it comes to the promises of God. And there are many promises of God in the Bible, amen? Promises of provision, promises of healing, promises of blessing promises of protection, promises of deliverance, right? And the the list goes on and on, wonderful, true promises. But hear me today, even if you don't fully understand the when or the how, rest assured, church, that God is in control and he is more than able, amen? (laughs) Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Now that package you ordered may not arrive, unfortunately, today. But as the old song says, he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. I want somebody to hear this today. Like Mary, it is okay if you've had a moment of question with God. That's okay. I think Jesus himself had a moment when he asked, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right. It's okay if you don't fully understand how God is going to do all that he said he would do. In Mark chapter nine, there's a man whose son was possessed by an evil spirit. And the disciples tried to cast it out, but they couldn't do it. And the father said, Jesus, if. You can do anything, have compassion. But Jesus told him, it's not a matter of if I can. It's simply a matter of if you can believe. Jesus makes one of the greatest statements in all of scripture in Mark nine twenty three. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes believes. Amen. But then in Mark nine twenty four, 24, read a perplexing statement from the father that I want you to hear today. Verse 24. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and he said with tears, he said, Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. I believe. But help my unbelief. And I feel this is where many good and faithful people of God find themselves right in the middle of belief and unbelief. God, I believe in you. I'm having a lot of trouble right now believing that your promises can be fulfilled in my life. God, I believe in you, but I'm having a really hard time that that this is going to come to pass for my family and in my future. God, I believe in you and I believe that you can do that for them. But I just don't know if that will ever happen in my life, that you can do it for me. I feel this is right where Mary found herself that day. She obviously believed in God and she's having a a hard time understanding and believing how this promise from God, how this miracle could possibly take place in our life, right in the middle of belief and unbelief. But at this point, the story's where everything changes. And it happened when Gabriel gave her a word of hope to cling to, to help her believe. In Luke 1:35. and the angel answered and he said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Once again, we find this faith building phrase that for with God in verse 37, nothing will be impossible. In verse 38, then Mary said, behold, the maiden servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And what brings Even more significant to this passage is when Mary said that she was a a maid servant. The original Greek actually denotes that she was referring to a type of a female slave. And in the ancient world, slavery, it signified total belonging and total submission. So when she responded to Gabriel in that way, she's surrendering herself absolutely and completely to let God's will be done in her life. Her response is perhaps the the best definition of faith in the Bible, the desire for God's word to become a reality in her life. Nobody else in Israel ever responded to God as Mary did. But after she heard the word of the Lord, Mary demands no outside proof or signs that the impossible shall be made possible. She simply receives the word of God with complete belief and with trust. And what was once a troubling word in her past, it becomes a sustaining word in her present. And for her future. Amen. Church, it's evident that Mary had more than momentary faith. It was more than spoken faith in the presence of Gabriel. Because days later, she keeps believing. She's promised to have a child, and there's no evidence yet of that. No baby bump. No blood tests. No ultrasound. What she did have was a word from God, and she now believed. Her belief was confirmed in the conversation we read in our opening text between Elizabeth and Mary in Luke 1.45. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which are told from the Lord. You are blessed, Mary, because you believe. Church, I want to remind you today that like Mary, you too have been chosen by God. You are highly favored. According to 1 Peter 2, 9, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And you have been given so many promises from God and his word. Maybe you find yourself today right there between belief and unbelief. But I pray today that after hearing the word of God, that you begin to believe again wholeheartedly. Romans 10:17 says that's how it happens. So when faith comes, it's by hearing and hearing the word of God. I feel to remind someone today, those words that Jesus spoke to the Father. Those words that Gabriel spoke to Mary that I'm here to speak to you today that with God nothing will be impossible. That situation you've been praying for that impossible need in your life that big prayer that you've been praying for so many years that dream, that promise that God placed in your heart nothing shall be impossible for want us all to stand today What we're going to do in just a moment we're going to gather as pastor John's mentioned early here in this Christmas Eve service as best we can this altar for prayer those who need prayer today and I believe as we begin to open up our hearts to God that the anointing power of the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you as he did Mary to empower you and to renew your strength. And today, if you will take a few moments in your response and your prayer to God to put your faith in him, I promise you, you will be blessed because you believed. Amen. Let's bow our heads right now together. Jesus, I thank you so much for your goodness. And your mercy that is here today. And I pray that right now someone here into the sound of my voice would understand, God, that there is hope in this house today. Maybe, Lord, they know and they recognize that you are real, that you are alive. You are well, Lord. But they're stuck right there in the middle of belief and unbelief because they're faced with such a difficult situation. And it's the holidays and it's, it's Christmas Eve and we put a smile on and we're ready, Lord, to celebrate you and the, the what's going to happen tomorrow on Christmas morning. And God, deep inside, there's needs represented in this house today. And there's those, oh God, who've yet, God, to fully believe. Or maybe, God, they've, they've let that belief slipped through their hands and their hearts as of recent because of what they've been facing but I pray Lord that your word today as it came through Gabriel to Mary oh God would come from your word through me to somebody under the sound of my voice to restore God a faith and a belief in you oh God to never quit believing oh God that you will love them Lord that your promises are true oh God today that they will come to pass because you are faithful to your word. Thank you.